The WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here. Miss Clapp is back. And did you have a nice time at the beach? I had a very nice one. Good. It, it glad, was, glad to hear it. Lots of good people down there. and Plenty of drinking and carousing? Uh, yeah, those things, yes. God, Alan and Ann are just, I got to put them they're just wild. I have to institutionalize them, I guess. <laughs> So uh, I'm glad glad to see you back. Okay, uh, brother Rufus, you all right? Well, I'm I'm as my grandma used to say, I'm tolerable. Okay, tolerable. Yeah, can well, we tolerate? Or, or, or as well as common. That was a phrase she I used. I've never a lot. heard of that. Before. Yeah, I'm as well as common. As well as common. Gerald, your country. You ever heard of that either? I, no, I I, the, the tolerable. I'm very familiar. Tolerable, with. yeah. I'm very familiar with that. Midland, Midland. Yeah, <laughs> just like the cotton, yeah. cotton at the gin. Fair to Midland, <laughs> like bacon. Yeah, the Midland's so. a good part of the hog, except if you belong to the Chitlin Club. Well, that's right. <laughs> Amen. Gerald Adams is uh, with us. Uh, he is with the Centennial Campus. Keeps it uh, looking pretty nice. Keeps. Keeps everybody hopping over there, I guess. Ooh, we've been hopping. That's a fact. Everybody but the chancellor. No, but uh, you do. <laughs> you are in charge of uh, of uh, what's that? The the point. The point. Yeah, yeah. but not the golf course. Dead no. gummit. We got to do something about that. Of course, to... I guess you don't want those headaches, do you? No, we got a thousand acres on Centennial and two hundred of it's the golf course, <laughs> and we don't have to fret with that. <laughs> Is it only two hundred? Yeah, the golf course sits on two hundred acres, right at mm. right at it. How about that? Well, well I listen. attended a meeting the other day, Gerald, uh, of the NC State, uh, St- not Stanhope, what was the other, not one of the great contributors to NC State. It was a banquet for those of us that give a little bit of money to the Arboretum mm-hmm. and spoke to the chancellor. And I said, you have a very good man in Gerald Adams. He said, Fine man, fine man. I spoke hey. to him yesterday morning. On yeah. And I said, by the way, we'd love to have you on the weekend gardener. He said, just call me, just call me. I'd love to do it. Do you reckon he means that? Yeah. How many How many people do you ring it take? How many calls do you think it ring it is to get through to him? Uh, well, I got his wife's phone number. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. I, I do most of my conversing through her. Most of the time, yeah. do I just email? I imagine he's got a lot of phones in between. Yeah, <laughs> the secretary and the or the switchboard and uh, his office. So, um, yeah, well, we, why we'd why love don't we to give it a try. Yeah, we'll we'd love to. We really uh, would love to have him on for a few minutes. Ideally, when we're out at the farmers market sometime, because mm-hmm. I'm sure he goes over there mm-hmm. occasionally. If he has time. I don't know how he has time to do anything. Uh, You know, it's funny. A lot of people don't realize he walks all over that campus on the weekends. Because I see him sometimes, and he says things, and I'm like, you could only know that if you walked by there. You couldn't see that writing, you know, when he mentions things. He's all the time out and about. So just checking on things, getting some exercise. I think he's just exercising. Yeah, thinking. out and about on there. Getting away from maybe trying to get away from a phone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Probably, I, I probably can see that. But How yeah, he's, that? It's, it's been good to work <clears> for him and his wife both. Uh, they're uh, real easy to, to get along I'm with. I'm sure they are. Well, he's done a, a bang up job over there. Quite a musician, too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I didn't know he was a musician. Oh, yeah. They have this group that plays bluegrass and. Oh, is that is that the one that uh, Wade Smith is? Wade Smith and Jim Jenkins. Jim Jenkins. Okay. What yeah. instrument does uh, Chancellor play? I don't remember that. I don't know. Okay. I'll inquire next time. Yeah, I speak I'd, to I'd be uh, interested to know. Maybe we could. Uh, maybe they've recorded something. We can get a copy of a recording and play a song sometime. Yeah, be nice. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. We. Uh, we were hoping to have Dan Stern on with us this morning. Dan is uh, is with uh, Botanical Gardens, and they're having a big plant sale today. He might have gotten caught up in the plant sale, selling plants. So I, I hope I hope he's okay, and and uh, that uh, the plant sale. I'm not. We'll have to check on everything to uh, give you information on when it when it starts this morning. But you're welcome to call 919-860-9783. Don't stack up the at the end because we, we have trouble getting to everybody if, if you do that. So call us early, and we'll have a better chance of uh, giving you a good long answer, if that's what you seek, and a good detailed answer, I should say. But, uh, Gerald, how, how are things at the Centennial Campus this this day. Uh, they're good. It's taken us a little bit to get back in the swing of things because, you know, we had pretty much a year with very few students on campus and very few events, if any, going on. But now that we're back in the swing of things, we're at full throttle. Uh, the campus is pretty close. The, the dorms are pretty close to, to full. Uh, and there's just events going on every week. I look at stuff, and we got all kinds of events. There was something last night in the Oval on Centennial, so it's uh, a lot more traffic, pedestrian and vehicular. So it makes us have to be – our schedule has to change up how we do things and be a lot more particular about when and where and all that. So that's kind of taking some getting used to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot to, to oversee there. Are you – planting anything now it's been mighty dry yeah i i uh i planted some stuff out at carter finley stadium uh something they wanted to redo before the football season and i was against it but i understood that they had to have it done before the season started and i've been trying to keep it alive i've replaced one shrub already uh in less than 30 days but uh, i won't put any shrubs in the ground to probably around the first of october or a little after i've got a few little areas where i'm doing <clears> some <throat> projects and that pretty much ties in or when we start planting our fall annuals usually the first week in october uh so i, I think that's going to hold true we we need some rain something awful it is dry 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 yeah and then your fall annuals of course includes mums what else you got asters and uh, we we plant on Centennial, you know, we've got the, well, in my opinion, dreaded deer problem. Uh, so we don't use many pansies because they're like Lay's potato chips to deer. Uh, they just eat them right down to the ground. We, we plant lots of snapdragons, uh, which the deer won't touch. And then we use uh, a fair number of perennials that we have found that the deer will stay away from, lamium being one in particular uh, that we're using a lot a lot more now so it's it's a little trickier working out your color schemes when you can't use pansies to stick in to it so that's uh that's that's taken a 
it's a lot of trial and error involved in getting that to work out. Yeah. You know, I think Dan, maybe Dan was supposed to be on next week. I don't know how I came up with the 18th. That's what I I uh, put on my calendar. But the sale, the, the fall plant sale, is next week, next uh, Saturday. And they have um, – Well, maybe you're a week early. Apparently I am, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not sure why. <clears throat> Um, so, so I guess Dan is, is going to be here next week and we're going to be in Cary at, um, the Habitat store. And, uh, is that the one we normally go to? No, this is different. I don't think we've been to this one. Okay. Um, this, this one is, I believe on high house, high house road. I gave Cheryl the information. Okay. So, but since I have Dan's thought Dan was scheduled for today and he's, Sales next week, and I guess he's coming next week. I guess. Well, you so. owe him you a can't, pro- profound apology. You can't trust me. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I didn't say anything bad. I just, uh, I, I was just wondering where he was because it said he was supposed to be here on my calendar. At any rate, nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. We're we're all going crazy, just a little bit. I think I think uh, I think the weather is making us crazy. We really need some cool weather. It's time. <laughs> well, it is time. Those, those couple of nights here, a week or so ago, was got you kind of in the really spoiled. Oh, us. the windows! I put the windows down. It was wonderful. Yeah. Well, by the way, while we're at it, I think I better. I missed last week of the Edward Jones Cliff Joiner. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. I was going to get you to do two of them. Well, I better do it here now. Yeah. If you haven't any charity <laughs> in your heart. You have the worst kind of heart trouble. Bob Hope. I read that again. If you haven't any charity in your heart, you have the worst kind of heart trouble. Yeah. You're now, right. that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, he was certainly a charitable person. Yes. All right. Well, uh, so, so we, we didn't get last week's, so I'm, I'm on pins and needles wondering what, uh, what it said there. Can you, well, can you I'll go tell back? you. Never reach out your hand unless you're willing to extend an arm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is that talking about a fight or? I don't know. That was a lady named Elizabeth Fuller said that. Well, everybody. I I was about to think it was my father, David Henry Adams, when it comes time to prime and tobacco. And there was a little more force put behind it than that. That's right. You'd better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, at any rate, I'm glad we got that. Got those sayings there. Gives us something to think about for today, especially with Bob Hope. Hmm. Uh, let's uh, let's take a call from Joe. Joe Williams is with us. Joe, good morning. You're on WPTF. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Yeah, how you doing, Joe? How you doing? Okay. I'm doing well. How about you guys? I think we're okay. Good. How can we help you? I got a qu- question about tomatoes. Well, we have a tomato the, man here. A charmer here. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been waiting a couple of weeks for him to get back. Uh, but I last grew tomatoes probably 35 years ago, and this year decided to try it again. Why? And I, <laughs> I, I put out two in a containers, and I, one of the plants has had one tomato on it, and the other one has had uh, four tomatoes on it. Uh, what size containers did you put them in? Five gallon, seven gallon, ten, fifteen? Uh, 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 about, about five gallon. No, n- nowhere near large enough. 
Uh, when so if is that right? what do you know what type what variety plants you used? I have no idea. A friend gave them to me down in Duplin County. I think there's some kind of heirloom, but I have no idea. Okay, so that I plant what we call conventional tomatoes. Any any uh, heirlooms would fall into that category. Even some of your hybrids, Better Boy, anything like that. I use a 25 gallon container to plant them in because yeah. if you put them in a five or seven gallon container, they get root bound so so quickly that it puts stress on them and they either they, they simply won't bloom or, or there's so much stress on them that the blooms fall off as soon as they come on and they never develop fruit. Uh, there are some dwarf tomato plants. I've been involved with the Dwarf Tomato Project, and those plants only get about three to four foot tall, uh, and they have slicing size, mid-size, salad size. There's all kinds, over 100 varieties of them now. You can grow them in, say, a seven-gallon container, and because they make such a smaller root ball, they still will do okay. But when you put a conventional plant into that size pot, every now and then you can get a couple of the first fruit, uh, the first blooms that come on it. But as soon as it fills up that pot with roots, it's downhill from there. Now, Daryl, accentuate how important it is to clean the containers. Uh, well, if you've planted them in, in, in before, I take a, a 10% uh, Clorox water solution and clean mine out every year, and I use fresh soil every year for tomatoes. I don't reuse any of the soil. What kind of soil do you use? I use something that drains good. Uh, right now I'm using, there's a Jolly Gardener soil that I get from White Corals uh, that, that I use. But anything from uh, miracle Grow makes a very good, it's a little pricey, but they make a very good soil. But you want something that drains exceptionally well uh, and if you grow a tomato in it you won't have any soil left over because when you when the season's over with when you pull it out it's going to be just about all roots yeah. but if you use the size container you did then you, just just no room for the roots to go and then it constantly even though you're watering it and doing and fertilizing and doing all these kind of things to keep the plant alive that stress just will won't allow it to bloom so two things can happen. Next year, you can get up with me and I and I and get some of the dwarf. I grow uh, the dwarf tomato variety plants, and there are some of those that you could grow in a seven gallon. I've got some I planted uh, first week in May, and I'm still getting fruit off of them right now. Uh, or if you want to go back to something more conventional, you're just going to have to get a much larger container. What is uh, Henry's website? Uh, it's Gerald and A-N-D Henry's plants.com. Uh, and you can go on there and see, I grew a hundred, I had 135 varieties of plants for sale this past year. And I'll be working on next year's grow list somewhere between now and Christmas. I'll be, I'll be changing for next year. Joe, does that help? Yeah, that helps. I know that the last time I had a tomato plant, I dug a hole out there, uh, yeah, that it's always easier to grow them in the ground than a container if you've got any kind of decent soil that you're planting them in and enough sun. Uh, the and the pro, one of the problems with containers is uh, f- to be successful. It has to be big enough. It has to drain well, which means you have to water the dickens out of it. You, you're almost having to water them every single day once you get into June and our 85-plus degree weather. 
So it's not impossible right. to grow them in a container. And a lot of people, quite frankly, size yard, a lack of, of sun, have to grow them in a container because they're putting them on their deck or patio or sidewalks, the only place they've got to put them. But if you've got a place in the yard that's sunny enough where you can, you know, amend the soil, that's way easier uh, than growing in a container most of the time. Brother Rufus, anything you'd like to add? I'd like to add that the Gerald's Lightning is a very good plant for a container. I did pretty good this year with that, and I totally agree with, with Gerald. The size of the pot makes all the difference in the world. And changing soil, I tried one time to double up and use the soil again. didn't work. <laughs> but the one thing about too many pots, you, you, you wouldn't get nematodes nearly as easily. Uh, so listen to the to tomato whisperer, Gerald, for a good <laughs> tomato crop. And I'm, I'm, I'm very disappointed. I thought you'd walk in with some, some tomatoes today, Gerald. Some other people beat you to them yesterday. Oh, my goodness. I was. Well, we was, see how but, we rank. But, but I do know where you live. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. That's right, but you got to get in the gate. Well, I just leave them. I put them in the mailbox. <laughs> yeah, that has happened before. Very much. That you just is. never know what you're going to find in your mailbox, do you? Rufus? Oh, it's a wonderful feeling. Uh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, that's nice. One hey. time, there, one time there was a, a bottle in there. There was a strong grape juice. Strong grape juice. Very strong from, from the uh, grocery boy Junior. I'm sure. Oh, well, little little Sandy Gerald. Brought it by, I found out. Oh, okay. Uh, Miss Ann, you got anything to add to the tomato situation? Uh, I think it's doing quite well. Okay. Joe, I I hope that works for you. Okay, well, I I appreciate the information. That's probably the answer, and uh, hopefully I'll see you out in Cary next week. All right, well, you come on by, Joe. Okay, Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. I want you to know I was right. Dan is is here today, and he's he's on his way. He's just a little delayed because of all that's going on um, at, yeah. the, at the botanical gardens and so forth. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, he'll be here in just a little while. Dan Stern from the North Carolina Botanical Gardens. What a beautiful place it is! I love walking around there. Was that in ex- that was not in existence when you? Or was it when you were a student there? Not not quite developed. Uh, Coker Arboretum was, on campus was. That's but, that's where I hung out. Coker, yeah. Coker Arboretum and yeah. have a bench over there that uh, yeah. Linda and I purchased some time ago. Right pricey, but I'm, I'm, I saw a fellow sitting in it the last time I was there, and he said, I have my best. Uh, I, I didn't tell him that I'd bought it, and I said, What's that plaque back behind there on that thing? <laughs> he said, I don't know, somebody with a funny name. Yeah, and that's right. He said, I do it's my a biblical best, name. I do my best studying here. I said, well, I'm glad you did that. That's, that name belongs to me. He said, well, goodness gracious, let, let me get up and give you my seat. I said, oh, no, you're studying. <laughs> you, you, know, you stay right there. Somewhat, you should pose for a sitting statue. And that statue should be placed on the bench. How's <laughs> <laughs> like that? Yeah. And then you can sit with people. Well, they've got one up in Boone of Doc Watson. Yeah. Sitting, sitting that's, on the bench. What, that's what, uh, right there out in front of the mass store, that's what prompted me to say that. I, yeah. Yeah. Boy, oh. Doc Watson was quite a fella. Yeah. I loved why I, I was thankful to be able to get to see him at uh, Memorial Auditorium several years ago. 
Gosh, what a talent. What a talent. My, my daddy was a wildlife protector, I think I've mentioned before, as well as being a farmer. And he also, my, my, my grandpa owned a city meat market in Boone when I was a boy growing up. And daddy cut meat there a little bit. And he recalls that when Doc was a young man, he would sit outside the meat market with a tin cup, playing and hoping for a yeah. little contribution here and there. And my daddy would bring him bologna sandwiches. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you Edmonstons are good people. Yeah. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF. It's 827. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF of the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp. Uh, that was Rufus Edmonston coughing. Uh, Gerald Adams is with us from Centennial Campus. And uh, our our new friend, Dan Stern, from the Botanical Gardens in uh, North in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina Botanical Gardens, is with us. Uh, Dan, I am relieved that I w- didn't put down your, your, your date of appearance in the wrong date. So, um, but you're move a little closer to the mic, and let's see if we. Yeah, is that working there? We got it okay. Let me. uh, Yeah, I can't hear. You can't hear. Turn turn it up a little bit. There we go. There we go. All right, Dan. Thank you. We'll try it again here. Yeah, pleased to be here. Yeah. Um, You're you are. Uh, your your position at the Botanical Garden? Uh, director of Horticulture at the Botanical Garden in Chapel Hill. That's uh, perfect for this show. Perfect. Thank you very much for making the long trek over here. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry for the delay. I ran into a couple of geese over on Capitol Boulevard. Not <laughs> you, you did Yeah, okay. Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, you didn't wipe them out, did you? No, <laughs> we no. have a lawyer here, and just in case. <laughs> but they were right there in the road. So yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but we're glad to have you. Uh, you, your um, sale is not actually today; it's next week. That's correct. Yeah, we've got our members preview. That's next Friday, the twenty fourth, from four p.m. to seven thirty, and uh, that's really the best time to cherry pick our inventory. Uh, if people are not a member, they can join on site that night, and then the public portion of the event is from nine to three on Saturday, the twenty fifth. What are the costs of joining and the benefits? Sure. Uh, so uh, an individual can join for $50. Uh, a dual membership is 75 and a household is $100. Uh, that's for a year membership. Um, we have a, uh, a nice gar- conservation gardener magazine that comes out twice a year. Uh, you get a copy of that. Also discounts at all of our plant sales and um, gift shop purchases and discounts on public programming. Uh, and, you know, really, I think maybe the most important thing is you know, kind of getting the first notice about special events and activities that are going on at the garden, kind of what's new there. It's such a fascinating place. It's such a different place. All three of the, the beautiful gardens in, our, in the Triangle have um, different themes, different appearances, different fields. So true. So yeah. true. We're really blessed to have three really different, you know, um, four, three or four really different botanical gardens, if you count Juniper Level. Uh, you know, that are, you know, very each, true. each have like their own sort of distinct um, mission. And I think they're very complimentary. Yeah, that's Dad, true. I'm a proud member of the Botanical Garden Club and went to Carolina, as, as did Gerald. And I went from 1959 to 63. And I'm pretty sure I got a degree. <laughs> got that hanging on my wall. 
At least and that's I, what you told the voters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. I used to hang out in the Coker Arboretum all the time because I loved it and grew up gardening. But I don't remember what was going on I, during the time from 59 to 63 was was the botanical garden shaping up at that time? Or? It was really just starting, Rufus, and uh, that's when Dr. C. Ritchie Bell was, um, you know, sort of leading the charge there, blazing trails on the hillside that's now our nature trails outside of the garden proper. Uh, we opened the doors, or the gates, rather, on the garden in 1966. Mm-hmm. I remember Dr. Ritchie Bell well. I've told this before on the show. Uh, when I was attorney general, I got a call from Dr. Ritchie Bell. I had met him before, and my brother Joe degree in botany from University of Georgia. And I said, hello, Dr. Bell, what can I do for you? He said, I want to ask you if I can grow uh, some marijuana. <laughs> now, I said, well, let, let's, let's just, let, will you repeat that again? <laughs> he said, I, I want to be <clears throat> immunized from any sort of criminal liability if I grow some pot. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not really in charge of granting immunity, but I can tell you this, if you'll plant just two stalks and don't don't let any students around it, <laughs> then I, I will see that you're protected. And he, we laughed about that for years, and he planted his, his marijuana, and well, everything went well. Every, it's all scientific, isn't it? Now, you, you're going to be featuring a lot of a lot of different things for sale. We here. have something on the order of 175, 176 species mm-hmm. um, that we'll have at the sale. So herbaceous perennials, shrubs, and trees, uh, all native to the southeastern U.S. Mm-hmm. Do Do you have some favorites, uh, new ones, old ones? Oh, there's so many varieties now. Yeah, I, I can't keep up with any of them hardly. Um, you know, this time of year, I'm always drawn to the um, big flowery, showy things from down east. That's where I grew up. So, like where'd the, you grow up down east? Uh, Oriental. Oriental oh wow! What a place mm. to grow up. You've heard of it. That's <laughs> I've amazing. Heard of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Would that uh, be Pamlico County. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, seashore mallow. It's a little um, pink blossom that's opening up right now. Uh, scarlet rose mallow, which is a member of the hibiscus fa- uh, genus. Uh, big showy flowers on that hibiscus. So those things are just spectacular. Do they grow here? They do grow here. They thrive. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, you know, we're, uh, I think just the windows closing on the, um, swamp milkweed, uh, Asclepius incarnata, uh, pink flowers. And right now they're just loaded up with the, um, caterpillars, the monarch caterpillars. Right. So Gerald and I were just talking before he gave me a Confederate rose. Is that the same category as, uh, the, Mallow, you're talking about down east? Uh, the Confederate Rose. I think it's a different member of a different genus. Yeah, uh, it's little yellow flowers. Well, no, not. it's a huge pink, huge pink flower. I think they might be third cousins. Third cousins. Third cousins. I think Dixie Rose Mallow is one of the names it goes by, and it depends on which, which state you're in, I right. think. Right. The name names vary on. So September 25th, for those of you who have not joined the Botanical Gardens, right. is a big day. It starts at 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. I believe, and uh, there's, uh, there's plenty of parking there at Mason Farm Road. That's right, intersection of Mason Farm Road and um, Fordham Boulevard or 15501. So we're just downhill from the Dean Dome. Right. Um, and we've now got a big new sign out there on the road front. Yes, you It makes do. it a lot easier for people to find us. Certainly, okay. and you can get a tea time at the golf course. Down the, down the road there, too. So, um, Major Dave, 
is uh, in Virginia. Morning, Major. It was nice to see you down here last week. Great seeing you, too. And Miss Ann, I'm sorry I missed you last week. Yeah, she uh, she was down at the beach. Well, I, I was enjoying those tomatoes are good tasting. Tomatoes and containers, and I'm I'm one of those. I've got about two hundred five gallon buckets, and of course I imagine that the difference between planting a determinate variety versus indeterminate would make all the difference too. But I wanted to turn the question around and then let me just ask: What vegetables do lend themselves? to growing in a five-gallon bucket? I think, generally speaking, the size of the plant ultimately in the root ball is going to determine that. I think most pepper plants, you are probably okay. I think eggplants gets kind of close to the cutoff. Some of the varieties of eggplant that are a little smaller and a little smaller fruit are probably fine. Uh, Any of your trailing tomato plants or anything from the Dwarf Tomato Project where the plant really at maturity is only going to get, you know, three, three and a half, maybe four foot tall, probably will work okay in that. But when you get back to conventional tomato plants that are, you know, six, seven, eight foot tall, ultimately the size of the root ball on that is just going to put you in so much stress that it's uh, it's going to be really difficult to get much production. You can get some early on, but uh, it's it's not going to extenuate. And I've grown – just about anything in the fall crop line, you can grow in them from, from collards to broccoli. Uh, of course, it doesn't take much soil at all to grow any of your uh, kale or lettuce or anything like that in the right time of the year, spring oh, and fall. Good. Dan, do you uh, delve in? Dan, do you delve into tomatoes and vegetables very much? I time the place where i'm living now is uh you know pretty densely shaded so not very conducive to growing vegetables it is you know it's shaded because we grow so many plants as uh, as gardeners so Mm. we end up with a lot of plants so unless we have uh, a lot of acreage like uh, gerald or dave then uh, it's tough yeah captain dave i'm assuming you've got those buckets major major excuse me excuse me i didn't mean to demote you that was rufus's doing yeah uh as long as those buckets uh drain well uh you shouldn't have an issue and as always with the buckets you know anything that drains wells requires watering more frequently so that's kind of the only negative of doing it compared to having it in the in the ground. You usually can get by with not having the water as frequently. Well, I drill five half-inch holes in the bottom of each bucket. Yep, that should work good. And, and I don't know that in that case I wouldn't put just a little bit of gravel in the bottom of the bucket so you can keep the soil from washing into those holes and turning into right. cement and plugging them up for you. Uh, right. But, yes, I don't see any reason that that shouldn't work. I will tell you that if you switch up the the growing mediums sometime, like I have grown tomatoes in the greenhouse in size, and I use coconut core, which looks kind of, which is coconut husk. It looks right. kind of like sawdust, but it breathes so much better than soil that you're, uh, they won't get root-bound nearly as quick. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of it, it drains like unbelievably well, which means you, mm-hmm. you you're really having to keep it watered pretty frequently. Right. Major Dave, those were good tomatoes you brought. Yes, indeed, they were great tomatoes. Thank you, Dave. I'm glad you enjoyed them. We are honored honored to have them. 
I'm a little I'm a little curious though why the fruit size seems to dwindle as the season progresses. I had very large tomatoes off those same plants early on, um, but then when I was picking them last week to bring to you guys, they were maybe half the size. It's just like anything else, fig two, trees. Two two things: the heat has a lot of bearing on it. And then probably your nutrition has run out if you don't continue to fertilize some along the way. They're big feeders, yeah. tomatoes. Right. And, and in on average, the majority of people don't fertilize tomatoes enough, especially at the beginning. And then lots of people, once they start picking fruit, figure, well, that's, that's good enough. I don't have to continue on. Uh, but the heat has a bearing on that as well. And it's been plenty hot. <laughs> Yeah, even <laughs> even in the mountains of Virginia, seems like a bunch of the farmers that I know in the area they uh, plant you know multiple crops because those tomatoes get a little tired as they age and those fruits yep. just don't get as big and right. as juicy. Yeah, do you do you grow a later crop of tomatoes, Major? Well, you know, I started the seeds all at the same time, but I kept about two dozen plants uh, in the trays two weeks longer. I didn't put them in the ground until two weeks after the other one. And that helped me stage it out because uh, even though they were started at the same time, they did not mature at the same time. Okay. Uh, here, so that kept me getting tomatoes probably two weeks longer than I otherwise would have. Uh, historically, I've always planted from early as you could in April every two weeks until about the 1st of June. You can plant what we call a fall crop here, putting plants in the ground in early July, but usually you've got to really use varieties that can set fruit in unbelievable heat. So you have to, there's a much narrower pool of choices for that because they're going to be bearing fruit during the hottest part of August. Uh, and so many of your varieties, the pollen will dry up in them and it's just not viable. They won't have a fruit. So you, you have to really, you know, do a little research on which varieties can take the most heat. Yeah, it took our peppers forever to uh, produce fruits this year, but they're coming in now. We're getting quite a few um, bell peppers and uh, sweet bananas and um, the uh, mild jalapenos. And, and they should make right on the frost for you, which, is, oh, which is the good news about peppers. They are, in general, slower to produce, but they they don't care about the heat. They'll keep on making and growing as they mature and usually can get well on in almost in November. Major, have you ever grown any cantaloupes? For a five-gallon bucket. Uh, I think you can. the peppers will work in that. There, there are a few of the varieties that get really tall that you might have to sort out. And, and sometimes with bell peppers, the, the, the stalks, limbs on them are, are kind of brittle. And if they have a lot of fruit, they're prone to break. So you may have to figure out how you can put some kind of cage in the bucket to provide right. that extra support for them. But there's no reason that that size bucket shouldn't be able to produce most most any pepper. How about okra? Uh, okra is probably going to be one of those that it, it's going to limit your production because I've seen okra plants nine, ten foot tall, and when you go to take yeah. the root ball up, it just be massive on them. Mm-hmm. So if you grow the okra in it, you probably can figure you're going to have a shorter season because I suspect once it gets up to maybe four foot tall that it, you, you may see less blooms and obviously less fruit at that. But I've never grown okra uh, in a, a container like that, so why don't you try it and report back? Absolutely. Always report back as much as you can, uh, Major Dave. We always like talking to you. A lot of my happiness in life comes from having very smart friends. <laughs> uh, amen. 
I know what I know because I listen to the show. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Appreciate it, Major. Take care. Take care. <laughs> Major Dave, more of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF.